Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Switchcraft. Today is October 27th, 2016, and we are one week after Nintendo announced the Nintendo Switch. Let's talk about, today my goal is to talk about my biggest questions that I still have about the Switch. Uh, Number one is the battery life. This is being marketed as something you can take with you, so... If you can't take it with you for very long, it's going to be really, really bad. Um, My my feeling on the battery life is that it has to be probably four hours. You're going to have to have four hours of battery life. Now, I think that the Wii U um, uh, gamepad, I think that one had about four hours of battery life. Uh, and then they that they even sold uh, expanded battery for the Wii U. This device does not look like something that you can have an expanded battery for. So I don't think that that's something that they're going to be able to sell. It just looks too thin and sleek. I don't think that uh, the average schmo is going to be able to open this up. This is going to be a lot more like an iPad, where you're going to have to have like specialized tools to get into this thing. I, I could be wrong about that, but who knows. Um, so I think that, uh, n- they need to have a four hour battery life. Now, personally, I don't care so much about the battery life because I'm going to be playing it primarily at home and my son will probably be the one who is playing it when we're on the go. Uh, that's probably how we're going to use it. Um, another way that it'll probably get used because it's going to be hooked up in here in the office up to my computer so that I can stream it. Um, another way that it'll probably get used is my son will want to do something on the TV and I'll grab the, uh, he'll, he'll want to play on his Wii U or something, or sometimes he likes to play on his computer and he just likes to have me sitting in the room with him. He's got this big bean bag in there. Uh, so maybe I'll just grab the switch and go sit next to him while he's playing, uh, Overwatch and, uh, I can play a game and watch him at the same time. Uh, so I'll probably use it much the same way that I use a Wii U now. Uh, that being said, my son is going to love this thing because he's going to be able to take it with him, which is huge. Uh, so that's that's uh, my take on the battery life. Uh, let's take a look at, you know, Nintendo has always, not always, but recently, uh, ever since after the GameCube came out, they had the Wii and then the... Uh, the Wii U, they had the DS, they had the 3DS, and all of those kind of had what people, I would say disparagingly, called gimmicks. And one of the things that I love about this is it doesn't seem to have... Its gimmick is largely ignorable by third parties. Third parties don't really have to worry about it. The gimmick for this one is its portability. 
Uh, and that's not going to affect how third parties treat the the Nintendo Switch. So I don't know how long the battery is going to last. I I hope that it's about four hours. I'm going to guess it's probably three hours. Uh, and are people going to take it on the go? I'm not sure. I never play my DS outside the house. I have a DS, but I never take it outside the house. I only play it at home. So that's my take on the battery. We'll be back quickly. My next big concern is multiplayer. Uh, Nintendo has been known for not getting online multiplayer right. They've constantly struggled with it, where PlayStation and uh, Xbox have constantly uh, done a really good job getting multiplayer working. Uh, They have dedicated servers. um, They have easy ways for people to talk to each other. And in the past, Nintendo has been really focused a lot more on families as their target market, uh, not 20-somethings. And they would have friend codes in order to make it so that you could communicate with other people who also played Nintendo games. And I understand why they did this. They did this to protect kids from uh, the horrors of the internet. Uh, But they also, at the same time, were protecting everybody, even if we didn't want it. So what I really hope is that Nintendo has learned from their past mistakes uh friend codes don't work it's way too much of a hassle they're hard to put in input and it they're they're not a way that people are going to communicate very well in addition even even if i have somebody's friend code there is no way for me to just hit a button and join their game that needs to be something that exists like i got a, a friend that plays splatoon if i load up splatoon and I see these playing, I don't have a button that just says join my buddy's game. That's something that I do in Overwatch, and it's a really great way to play. Because that's not there, people aren't going to be playing too much multiplayer. So I hope that Nintendo has learned from the past and they fix multiplayer on this system. We'll be right back. Nintendo's also been pretty, I guess I would say, litigious when it comes to uh, people sharing their gameplay of Nintendo games, uh, namely on Twitch and YouTube. Hopefully, they've found a way to... uh, I mean, okay, on YouTube, Nintendo has the Nintendo Creators Program, which if you play their games on YouTube, you can get a cut of the revenue. But if if you don't sign up for that, they're going to hit your your channel every single time and and they'll monetize your content and they will claim that money. Uh, so I hope that they've got a built-in way to stream on Twitch or on YouTube. I don't know if they will. Uh, and I and I don't know how important that is, but I think that if people can't easily do uh, streaming, then Nintendo's going to leave a lot of money on the table because the problem is is a lot of people aren't going to see how cool uh, these games are 
if they can't watch them on Twitch and YouTube. So hopefully Nintendo is listening and they put in a built-in way for anybody who feels like it to stream, um, either on Twitch or YouTube or Microsoft's new thing, Beam, whatever it is, it's really important that there's a way for people to stream that content easily, like you can on the Xbox, like you can on the PlayStation. All right, the next question that I have are Nintendo accounts. Well, right now, there is no physical backward compatibility. That was uh, released or confirmed by Nintendo. Uh, They said no physical backward compatibility with the Wii U. That's obvious because it takes discs for the Wii U, and this is a portable system. Discs would be a bad idea. That would burn down down, uh, battery pretty hard. They're also not going to have uh, backwards compatibility with the 3DS. So, but they said they 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 very um, carefully inserted that qualifier physical backward compatibility. So that tells me that this leaves room for digital backward compatibility. And first off, the Wii U's back catalog is really fantastic. They've got some really good games that they put out on that system and nobody has played. I made this. Uh, I, I talked about this a little bit uh, y- yesterday on my other podcast, which is Run, Jump, Stomp. Um, and you can find that uh, at, at my website, runjumpstomp.com. Um, here's the question, though. Are we going to have to pay for these games again? So if I'm a Wii U owner and I have Mario Kart 8 and I have Splatoon, am I going to have to rebuy those games? Now, if you look at Nintendo's strategy in the past, the answer is yes, and that sucks. However, this will be the first console from Nintendo since they unified their account system. So, therefore, this system should know that I've already purchased a license for Splatoon, and it should allow me to boot up Splatoon or download Splatoon and play it on the Switch. What they could then do is turn around and sell DLC for old Wii U games like Splatoon, Mario Kart 8, etc., that is compatible with the Switch. So what this would do is it would it would incentivize people who, their, their most loyal uh, fans, who bought a Wii U, it would incentivize, incentivize, incentivize? Incentives, it would give some, it would give them an incentive, I can't say that, I guess. Uh, it, w- it would give them an incentive to go out and buy the Switch because they already have all these games. It would also incentivize, there's the word that I was struggling for, uh, people who have never played it because the Switch will launch with a big catalog of games. And it's games that people have never played before. I think that that's really good. If they also make the DLC for the old Wii U games exclusive to the Switch, that might... I I can't decide if that's a good idea or a bad idea. So I own Splatoon, then on on Splatoon for the Switch, there's DLC that adds new maps and stuff. While that would be fiscally a good idea, it might tick off the people who have a Wii U and they don't want to get a Switch. Although my guess is the people who have a Wii U and don't want to Switch, they're going to be few and far between. 
So by telling Wii U, owner, Wii U owners that you have access to all these digital games you've already purchased from Nintendo, that could really motivate people that feel like they're being abandoned after supporting Nintendo. I really hope that this is the case. I hope that there is no upgrade fee. Um, they have done that in the past where you've got you've got a uh, a game that you've bought on the Wii. And then if you want to play it on the Wii U, it's like a buck fifty to upgrade it to the Wii U version. That's not a good system. I paid for the game. I shouldn't have to buy it again. We'll see. My next biggest question is the price. And I kind of go back and forth on this. There's a lot of tech in this machine. Adding a screen to something always bumps up the cost. Now, if they put out uh, Kimishima, the president of Nintendo, he came out and he said, we know that if we put the price too high, no one's going to buy it, but we're not selling it for, they're going to be selling their system for a profit. They refuse to sell it for a loss. This could turn around and bite them. Now, selling it at a loss, for, in my opinion, if if Nintendo sells this system at a loss, it could really help them move these systems off the shelf. If there are a lot of units out there in the world, third parties are more likely to develop for it. If there's a lot of third-party games, then that means gamers are more likely to buy it. This is going to drive sales, not only of the console, but also of Nintendo software. Uh, Nintendo has uh, an insane attach rate for first-party titles for their systems. When they make a game... It sells to almost everybody who bought that system. So I think that Nintendo really should be selling the Switch at a loss, and they could easily still make up that profit in the games. Um, if Microsoft and Sony can do that, so can Nintendo. Nintendo has a lot more first-party titles that they put out than Microsoft and Sony do. So that's my take on cost. Um, I think probably about $350 is where I see the Switch hitting. Oh, switch hitting. You know, when I wrote when I wrote the show notes for this, I, I thought that this was probably going to be more of a problem than I think it really will be. And that's the Joy-Cons. That's what they're, first off, the terrible name. Uh, that's the things that they have on the sides of the machine itself. Um, I think that they look fine. They don't look great. They don't look very comfortable. I think that using half of one or, or using one half of the two joy cons looks very uncomfortable and i can't imagine myself playing like that i could be wrong but you know um i really see people probably using the pro controller instead the pro controller needs to be cheap it can't be 60 or 70 bucks it needs to be maybe 30 bucks for that thing uh and that's going to incentivize a lot of people to buy that and people will use that instead of the joy cons joy cons will be like the the last resort um the guys over at game explain they had an interview with somebody from the commercial uh and he said that the pro controller was the most comfortable controller that he had ever held and then they asked him well what what controllers do you tend to to like and he said i really tend to like things like the uh like the Xbox 360 or the Xbox One controller. Uh, but then he said that this is more the the Switch Pro controller is more comfortable. So I find that very reassuring and I I hope that Nintendo prices the 
the Pro Controller cheap enough to really get those out there because I want them to be cheap enough that I can buy two so we can easily play on the go without having to use those little tiny itty bitty um, uh, controllers. The thing that pops in my head whenever I look at them is like um, Ben Stiller uh, from Zoolander. Look like, what is this, a cell phone for ants? You know, like he'd be looking at the little tiny controller and making those jokes. I don't know. Pro Controller. Are they going to get enough to market? Nintendo always seems to have horrible supply issues. Some say that it's on purpose. I really don't think that that's something that a smart company would do. Uh, a lot of a lot of people say that Nintendo restricts the supply on purpose in order to drive up demand so that they will fly off the shelves. That did not work for them with the Wii U. Now, I can't really remember if the Wii U was hard to get, but I know that the Wii was just about impossible to get and amiibos have been is the plural of amiibo amiibos or is it amiibo still i think it's amiibo um amiibo the plural version um they've been really hard to get for some of those things or for some figures have been very difficult to get your hands on i know that they've kind of have fixed that but I really worry that Nintendo isn't going to be able to get enough systems on the shelves to to meet demand, which will look good on the news, but that's not good for gamers. People don't want to have to wait in line. Uh, I think that that would be a mistake. Now, Nintendo, at their, at their uh, investors meeting, they said that they plan on shipping 2 million units in March, which I think that's a pretty lofty goal. Um, two million units in one month. That's kind of big. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I think that the Wii U in total has only shipped 13 million units and that's since 2013. Um, the 3DS destroyed that by selling 61 million units, uh, since, I can't remember when the 3DS came out, but uh, 13 million units for the Wii U. That's really uh, over three years. That's that's abysmal sales. Two million units in one month. And that's that's assuming that Nintendo is launching this on day one. What if what if they're launching this like March 14th or something like halfway through the month? Do they really expect to sell a million units in one week? I don't know. Time will tell. Kodiak Moonwolf was nice enough to send in a link for me. Uh, This is coming from Eurogamer.net. The headline reads, Nintendo Switch has a 6.2, 620p multi-touch screen. Now, a 6.2-inch screen, I think, is a little bit smaller than this. This is a... uh, a Nexus 7. Yeah, so this is a little bit smaller than this. This has a 7-inch screen from corner to corner. And so I can see that 6.2, I think that seems like a good size for a screen. Uh, and the fact that it's 720p, I think, is also really good. Rumor has it that it's also a 10-point multi-touch display, which means that you would be able to do... Um, finger gestures on it that also means 
it doesn't require a stylus. That means it would be a capacitive display, not a resistive display. Resistive displays have been what we've seen in the Wii U and in the 3DS, and resistive displays are terrible. They make the screen look a little washed out. Capacitive displays are the kind of thing that you find in your smartphone or on an iPad or or any other tablet. So I think that it's really good that they've got um, that they're switching over to capacitive because I always hated a resistive touchscreen, which depends on you doing pressure. It made it really sloppy to move things around on the screen. My next question is, and I talked about this before, do we need a touchscreen in this thing? I think modern day, the idea of a, of a, of a screen that you hold in your hands that doesn't respond to touch is ridiculous. But at the same time, I don't want developers to feel like they have to develop with the touchscreen in mind because when you put the console in its uh, docking station, you can't access the screen anymore. What kind of solution can they have for that? That's what I want to know about the screen. And thank you to Kodiak Moonwolf for sending this in. He also just told me that the 3DS launched in March 2011. So 65 million units in five years. That's really high sell through. The 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 3DS is a fantastically well or or uh, good selling or well selling. I don't know which is the proper grammar for that, but it sold really well. Uh, that being said. That's it for the show this week. I am going to see you next time. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so by uh, sending an email to runjumpstomp at gmail.com. That is how you can get a hold of us. If you want to give us a call, you can leave us a, a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube at runjumpstomp. And... As always, make sure you subscribe to Switchcraft. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.